0: that great line from diner
1: oh there's a hundred of them which one Did
0: you ever get the idea there's something going on out there <laughs> we don't know anything about oh boy there's That's a the lot going I feel on when i watched a team
1: like kansas city play holy <laughs>
0: mackerel. we don't have that here yeah. we don't well have that.
1: you heard the houston news today right on the baseball team the yes. astros yes and as I said on Twitter, at least they have the Texans playoff run to go to uh comfort them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after after blowing after not only blowing a 24-point lead but getting blown out. Was it, truly truly it was truly incredible. Truly incredible. It was fantastic. Your guy Mahomes has made you uh oh. made you an even bigger fan, I oh, would think.
0: Oh my word, I can't get enough of that kid. He's just so fantastic. He made uh, he made uh Who am I thinking of? Oh, Deshaun Watson looked like Cousins. And
1: and Deshaun Watson, you need an axe to knock him down. But uh, he's, uh, you know, man alive. Well, you see those guys play quarterback, and you wish Kirk had just a little more mobility. Just a little bit more. (laughs) Just a little bit more. I think on uh, Saturday, our guy Kirk started ducking a little early on some of those, but I don't blame him. His life was in danger. Not a good offensive line, is it? Ooh. You know, uh, uh, they always talk about Zim wanting to protect his defense with the running game. Ah, I think he's protecting that offensive line with a running game because yeah. uh, that was just a porous, porous effort. Joe. Yes. Against the Packers. Yep. they had In uh, December, they had seven first downs. Mm-hmm. That was their lowest total since 1971 in a game. And they equaled it yesterday. Our Saturday, and they were lucky because they got two after the game was over in the last five minutes or Isn't that so. something. Wow. Seven first downs, 147 yards, and until uh, garbage time where they got sixty some yards, they had eighty some yards. They went 27 minutes without a first down. It was not
0: competitive.
1: Oh no, it wasn't. It, it was. was a beating. Yeah. I was at. You were talking. I heard you talking about the Fort Myers Beach Bar for Packer fans. Well, yeah, were you there? I was. I was at the Fort Myers Beach Bar Saturday for Viking fans. Not a lot of celebration going no. on there. What's no, the name and, of that
0: bar? Is that the parent?
1: the uh, Lighthouse Tiki Bar? Lighthouse is, Tiki uh, bar. where they set it up and. Uh, now, last, when I went there two years ago, I ran into this bachelorette party where they were all hammered and crazy Viking fans. And then, uh, Diggs, uh, caught the pass from Keenum and they had a good time. Yeah. But, uh, this time the crowd was, I was about average age and they were a bunch of cheap asses who weren't buying many drinks. And there was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a very quiet, uh, Well, then and, why uh, go if they are not
2: buying any drinks? Why even go?
1: I, well, they they buy a beer once in a while, but it's not like they're there to get completely hammered, which sure. is why you should be in a... You think that Packer bar Joe was talking about, there was anybody sober in the whole place? <laughs> Hell no. Hey,
0: at least we got a great Timberwolves and Wild uh, season to look forward to here. <laughs> Holy man. He, you
1: know, everybody was excited about the Wild having 11 home games out of the next 12 after they play Pittsburgh. They're home for 11 out of 12, but... It's gotten to the point in the NHL; it doesn't make any difference if you're home and or away. It's going to be three to two, and well, know, they got I mean, hammered again yesterday. Four, uh, to, four one. to one. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. So uh, they're not going yeah. to the
0: playoffs, Pat. Uh so they're, kind of they're now the I
1: think they're now eight points behind already. So there's that, no it, evidence it to
0: suggest they're gonna make up that difference. Well
1: they'll have to have a big uh they'll have to have a big uh hard uh core uh homestand and as I say, if they can keep Luke Dillon away, maybe they got a chance. Yeah. I, I haven't checked this. <laughs> I haven't checked shine. to see if he watched uh if he was in attendance for uh Sunday's abomination. It
3: sounds or like or he that. may have been.
1: So anyway, the Astros, wow. That's a, uh, quite a find. Uh, five million. Well, Jim Crane, you, you played at Jim Crane's golf course. Yeah, so the Floridian. The Floridian, yeah. yes. He spends more time there than he does bothering with the Astros. But, uh, the, uh, the general manager and the manager, I was surprised Hinch got suspended. I figured the general manager would, but then, uh, first and second rounders for the next two years in the draft, too. So they're trying to send a message to, uh, the, uh, Uh, The other teams in Major League Baseball that, with all this technology, be honest. Stop cheating, USOBs. Mm -hmm. Right? I, this this might help a little. Well,
0: bit. I'm getting a bit of an education here because uh, when I hear about you know these teams trying to steal signs, I've always filed it under the same mischief as uh, you know Gaylord Perry having a nail
1: file in his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> except that was when a guy was out at second base and using his own astuteness to pick up on a pattern, it wasn't with a. Cameras zeroed in yeah. and uh, having four analytic guys uh, deciding what the uh, pattern is for the uh, stealing signs. It's uh, This is a little different. Reavers, uh, I'm right, right? The World Series film showed the little tent where they had yes. the garbage can right
2: And you could hear it you could hear the guys banging on it right before the pitch was delivered I mean, every time
1: they had what's called prima facie evidence
0: that these guys were doing this no i'm converted i think it's wrong i'm, yeah. I'm converted well
1: and Alex Cora over here who won with the Red Sox in 2018 and supposedly they were stealing signs uh tech, with their technology uh He's going to end up getting suspended too because he was a bench coach in 2017 in Houston. So he took part of these concepts with him. I bet that they're going to, they're not going to slap the Red Sox nearly as hard as they did Houston, but I bet Cora gets suspended.
2: You know, Joe, in the town ball circuit, uh, you know, we're known for stealing signs because we play the same 12 teams every yeah, year. Sure. So we know what everybody else's signs oh, are on the Plus, it's one, two, and three. They put down three <laughs> fingers.
1: Guess. There isn't a whole lot of rubbing them across your chest and that kind of stuff. So yeah, you can do it there.
0: How much did you like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I liked it. I, I, I liked it.
1: I can take it or leave it. I uh I don't know, I like you know the once you get used to them. In his in his uh, movie uh, where they they killed all the Nazis, uh, what was the name of that one? The Brad Pitt movie. Oh, I they, know, I like Inglourious, that. Glorious, glorious, yeah, bastards. bastards. Once you get once you uh, get used to the idea that he's going to give you an alternate view of history, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I I did kind of like the fact that. Uh, that they came up with a way for Sharon Tate not to get stabbed to death. So right. I, I liked it. I, I have liked to
0: admit, it. I like when he threw on the flamethrower at the end, too. <laughs>
1: yes, he likes flamethrowers, man. Fried Maddie. squeaky from in the pool. <laughs> yeah, he, had, he did. Of course, he had the flamethrower in the uh, yeah, in, in Glorious Bastards, too. So. Oh, yeah. So I think, uh, I might be rushing into this, but I think our younger uh coworkers might not have a proper appreciation that you and I do for the great Buck Henry who Dead, died. Mangled mangled puppies. Dead, 89 years old. Yeah. One of the most perverse senses of humor in the history of man. He's my idol. And, of course, uh, when he was Frank Nolan uh taking a, on a TV talk show with ten lines. Yep. And he started off with uh, tax-free municipal bonds right. as his show, <laughs> as his topic, and it ended up being: I think Russian communists, the Soviet communists, should be allowed to break into your home and <laughs> kill your. Puppies, call me now. <laughs> and that didn't get any calls. He couldn't get any calls on that. He also, in, in, in an attempt to get calls, he also supported incest. Yeah. I practice it. How about you? Uh, <laughs> incest. Uh, no toilets for the blind. They make too big a mess. And uh, no toilets for the blind and uh, a couple other things. It was, but but his whole his whole deal. I, I looked up some stuff on him, Joe. Uh, in From 1959 to 1962, he was just out of college. I think he was a Dartmouth guy or something. He, uh, he, he and a guy named Alan Abel came up with a character named C. Clifford Prout mm-hmm. from 1959 to 1962. And C. Clifford Prout, who was played by Buck, would appear on talk shows as being morally outraged the morally outraged president of the Society for Indecency to Naked Animals. <laughs> he pushed the idea that animals who are shamelessly permitted to run around in public naked should be clothed. <laughs> people, believed, people believed this moral satire to the point that they were starting to have him appear on talk shows, and then they would make fun of him, and one of the guys who had him appear— In all seriousness, was Walter Cronkite, apparently, had some kind of a show. Oh, boy. And uh, even Walter fell for it. And once Walter found out, he never forgave Buck Henry (laughs) for putting him over on it. But I was going back and looking at the Saturday Night Live stuff from those early years. No way they could get away with today what they got away with now. Remember Henry playing Uncle Roy? Vaguely. Uncle Roy was an overt pedophile babysitter <laughs> babysitter who lasciviously enjoyed the innocent games Lorraine Newman and Gilded Radner played as the children he was watching. Now, yep. <laughs> yeah. wow. And when the skit is about to end, you can't help but think of the boundaries of bad taste. Then Henry ruefully adds, "I think there's an Uncle Roy in every family. <laughs> you could not, you couldn't even think about getting away with that today." Yeah. And he was, I mean, it was, uh, it was incredible stuff.
3: Patrick, and, a quote from your uh, Society for Indecency, Indecency to Naked Animals reporter: What kind of clothes do you propose to put on all the naked animals of the country, Henry? Simple, decent, and comfortable clothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he was
1: screwy. He was uh, unbelievable. There was nothing too outrageous for him, and of course he he wrote the Graduate. He did the uh, did the Hollywood script for uh, uh, Catch twenty two, which had to be a damn near impossible uh, script to write. And uh, he did uh, what all kinds of. He also was a uh, get smart get smart originator. Yeah, yeah, which wow. people. What people didn't get that at all. If you if you tried that fully satire today, it would never uh, never work.
3: The Owl and the Pussycat, What's Up Doc, and To Die For, and I didn't know that he co-directed uh, Heaven Can Wait in nineteen seventy eight with uh, Warren Beatty, sharing yeah. an Oscar nomination for Best Director.
0: He always put himself in his own movies too.
1: Yes, he well, did. It,
0: Hitchcock did that
1: in uh, in uh, Catch twenty two. He played a Colonel, a Colonel Corn. And, uh, I can't remember who the other colonel was. I think Martin Balsam, maybe. Who was, and, uh, the, Yosarian, uh, the great Alan Arkin, wanted, you know, was just like completely mind blown as far as the war was concerned. He wanted to go home. And, uh, and Corn and, uh, Buck Henry and Martin Balsam said they'd send him home if he told them they liked him. <laughs> 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 or if he, if he told them that he liked them, they yeah. were going to let him go home. Of uh, course, Heller's Joseph Heller's Catch Twenty Two is one of the funniest books ever written in a in a perverse way. But yeah. uh, God, I love it. I I just thought he was just properly nuts. That's yep. for sure. <laughs> he was, uh, and Saturday Night Live is we. I mean, when it started. We had to be there every Saturday night, didn't absolutely. we? I mean, I mean, at 10.30 at night, Saturday night, it was, uh, no matter what you were doing, even if you were out drinking rowdily, you had to be I'm home to be watch right. Saturday That's Night absolutely Live. Absolutely true. Because there was no taping to do. If you had missed it this time, you had to wait till summer to see it again. And they'd do anything back then, because there was an appreciation for satire that we certainly don't have today. Set the scene where you are right now. I am in the Hammond Stadium press box and there's a very uh, tragic uh, event taking place down here. Gladden's refrigerator has gotten unplugged, Uh so there's no place to keep the uh, Diet Coke's cold while I'm here today. It's a very, uh, you know, usually uh, that, but when I get here in this time of year, they got her plugged in and, and, the plug in I tried to plug it in and uh the plug is like all I, not, I don't think difficult. they wanted I don't think they wanted plugged in cuz they got everything all bent and everything so I was. A, it's I not. was I, I wanted a cold Diet Coke, but I was risking electric, uh, being electrocuted. So Is I somebody playing a
3: prank on you, though? It could be that one. the outlet I saw at the airport, that was a sticker <laughs> yes. of an outlet. And <laughs> yes. Around the outlet, it was hacked to absolutely nothing. Because <laughs> people were so mad, <laughs> they couldn't get it. There.
1: <laughs> so just make sure you're not You, being know, who did, you know who did that? Buck Henry. Yes.
0: Yeah, yes. That's a Buck Henry Buck joke. Henry would have done that. There are, no, are there any ball frolicking
1: uh well just uh, they uh we had the uh fantasy campers here uh last week and i just i stopped by saturday and uh uh, perky's team perky's now a coach at fantasy camp his team was playing for the world championship but they had about 120 guys down here of various ages from 30 to 75 probably yeah 10 teams 120 guys and then they leave and then the minor leaguers start, they have about 40 pitchers over here, young pitchers. They, they call it their command camp. That means throw strikes. Right. <laughs> They're having a, they got a bunch of kids over here. They got 15 of these, uh, analytical guys and new coaches. And, uh, Joe, there's, uh, and Wetmore came up with this. They have added, they keep adding and adding to their minor league staffs and stuff. They have hired since last year 13 guys from colleges that are now part of the pro organization.
0: Boy, they're really into the analytics they, now.
1: And they are into the college guys who they, they must think are smarter or been using them or something, but they got like the manager of their class A farm club down here the now named the mighty muscles mm-hmm. instead of the miracle. The Mighty Muscles. I think they're trying to sell T-shirts. Is that an official but, change? They really yes, made. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I didn't know that. He's Muscles from, as
0: in seafood.
1: Yes. Okay. But I don't know why they're mighty. They had to make them mighty, and they you got this outrageous, grotesque logo, which they hope sells some T-shirts. But uh, he's from like Montana. Hyphen Billings, a Division Two school, they hired him away from to be the manager down here. They're uh, they're really diving into the the idea that you'd have the same pitching coach in the minor leagues for thirty years. This long since past. These guys are they got all these young uh, young deep thinkers now.
2: Did I see that Toby is
1: the new manager for AAA? Toby Triple A? Yeah, I would guess that uh, Ra- Ramon Barrego, who's uh, the guy in Pensacola Double A, and they like him a lot. But I would guess he wanted to stay in Florida, I think. Uh, so. Toby they, so, yeah. so, so Toby Gardner is now their AAA manager. So they must like him a lot. Did Gardner and, survive with Detroit? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> against, his, against his best wishes. He tried. <laughs> he, he tried, but you he know, said, no, you can't like, quit. Oh, really? I mean, like, middle of September, he said, I'd like to be back, but I could understand if, yeah. they, if they fired me and they wouldn't do it. <laughs> I would really like to go home and collect my $2.5 not having to watch this clown well, show. Well, what's but
2: funny is, didn't they start out 20 and or something? They were 18 and 19, I think.
1: Was. And they ended up, what, 41 and 100. They had a... They got lucky the last week. They had a rainout. Uh, I think I think they were 43 and 100 oh. uh, or four, 42 and 119, but they didn't get to lose 120 because they got rained out. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Who do you like tonight, Somebody, Patrick?
1: Oh, let me say this. Somebody uh, tweeted me and said, uh, how come they didn't play 162 games? They said they got lucky with yeah. the weather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like by LSU Bayou Bengals. I like the Tigers. Uh, of course, they're both Tigers, but uh, I don't think it's a cinch. But LSU's. Uh, has a more explosive offense. Although this quarter, this long-haired quarterback from Clemson's a son of a gun, too. So. These are
0: two of the best quarterbacks in college football. Yep.
1: Uh, this game will last four hours, baby. This mm-hmm. is, Don't you think uh, the winner's going to be in the 40s, aren't they, Reavers? Oh, heavens, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think so. But I got to root for Ed Orgeron. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, man. Now, tell me you know, about
0: him. What's your appeal?
1: Well, he's, a, he's from the bayou, man. He's yeah. from way down there. Uh, and, uh, I, I wrote a column about him the other day and only used half the stories, but I got to talk to, uh, the Brian Butch Arsenal who grew up with him and then played college football with him in Northwest, but, uh, Ed liked his cocktails in his youth, as he looks like he quit a few years back. But one of his buddies says he'd rather fight than eat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he was at the bars. He got fired, you know, at the University of Miami. He was their defensive line coach because he was back home in Baton Rouge and got in a bar fight and head somebody. <laughs> this is 92, I think. And then uh, and then he got – but the best story – did you read that column I wrote? Yes. Uh the the best was when his buddy, when his buddy Arsenal broke his leg playing in Shre- in the State Fair game in Shreveport against Louisiana Tech, and it, they were going to take him to the hospital, and he said, "No, no, Butch, don't go to the hospital. We're going out tonight." Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, he carried him from bar to bar on his back with a broken leg. <laughs> <laughs> carried him in, carried him into the toilet. Well, how do I not root for this guy? Oh, you have no, to. No, you got to root for him. Have you heard him talk, Joe? Oh, yeah, a little drawl. There. He's just cage. Yeah, but he's got this growl. I want to he...
2: hear a sports talk radio show hosted by Ed Orgeron and Pat Williams. Yes, that's right. Wouldn't that, Wouldn't that be, be great? Oh.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think Ed is actually almost easier to understand than pat oh and and ed you couldn't under you can't understand anything but i'm i'm very upset that i didn't get a hold of mama i couldn't get coco on the phone his mother who's five foot ten and still lives on the bayou and is cajun as can be and uh apparently a character of the first magnitude the other guy i had in there arsenal's mother which i love this story too was Fury. Her nickname was Fury. And I said, why is she Fury? And he said, just the reason you'd suspect. She could go from zero to a hundred faster than anybody in history. <laughs> and he says, two cancer surgeries survived. Nothing's changed. He said, she's in her 80s and she still gets agitated every time. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's an amazing story if you grew up with this guy who was, uh, you know, got thrown out of Basically went to LSU. He lasted two weeks. He came back. He was digging ditches and shoveling shrimp. And now he's coaching. Now he's coaching the, you know, LSU, which is as big as the Saints, and probably all around the state. It's it's bigger. Well, it's, here uh, he
4: is right now. Oh, it's pretty big. And I don't, are we gonna have another one of these, <laughs> Derek? You gonna tell okay. him to be quiet? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good.
3: Marshall and back this is his press conference from last yeah.
4: week. You know, uh, Terrace is a little bit uh, further ahead than uh, Damien. I think both of them are going to play. Uh, <laughs> Damien is running straight ahead. Uh, he's running straight ahead yesterday on his own. I think the cutting is the, the thing that uh, he's got to get used to, but it's only Monday in the game week. I expect him to play. I expect okay. both of them to play. I to ask you
3: about it Brian. seems like he's so regular yeah. when he talks. Um, he played here in the 90s.
0: <laughs> right. Success, he said that you told him when you won the SEC this
4: is for everybody who's ever won correct? Exactly right. That's right. That was your time. That's right. No question. This is for everybody. I mean, you know, I watched LSU football since I can remember. Uh, Coach Lindenblow recruited me. In fact, Coach Lindenblow was my neighbor when I was two years old. He coached at Southern <laughs> High School. So I have a long history with LSU. I watched Ronnie yesterday. Charlie Mack was one of my favorite coaches. I just love the way the teams played. And I knew one day I'd get a chance to represent LSU and it's just representing all the guys that played in the purple and gold. Uh, that's what we live for is an opportunity for us to represent them on a big stage, and that's what we want to do. But Brian Madden,
3: it just, he seems like, I mean, if he was yelling at me, if I was a fifth-string quarterback, which I was in my life, I would be panicked that I didn't understand what the hell he did. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, yeah. Fortunately, if you're a Louisiana kid, you'd, if you weren't Cajun, you grew up around him. Probably. So you, you can understand him. I could understand him. I could understand You know who his quarterback was in high school and college? Bobby Bear who then became the Saints quarterback he was the guy when the Vikings went down there and kicked their ass he's a sports talk sh- in in 87 or 8 and uh he's a sports talk show da- host down there but Abeer said I was I saw a quote from him saying that Ed Orgeron is the last hope for the survival of Cajun French <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he and his mother he and his mother there's a little film clip of them talking Cajun French to each other on a, on a, on a video hookup. And that's, you know, a, a completely invented language down there in the bayou that includes Spanish and English and, uh, you know, they, they, they got this language of their own down African, uh, about Native American. And it's this mingle of the whole thing that goes back four, four hundred years and, uh, and he and his mom still talking to each other. All these guys grew up, you know, who lived down there in uh in the, he's 58 at that age their parents were still talking french Isn't that something yeah it's those uh, days are really long i'll going. tell you what i'm not sad that i didn't go to the wasn't able to cover the vikings game in new orleans but i wish i'd been on that assignment because i would have went down two days early and driven down to the bayou and see where these guys come from it's a it's. I think I read it's thirty-seven miles long. This bayou and these all these little towns there, and he and his buddy Arsenal used to shovel shrimp in the in the summer. Yeah. That'd be their summer job. They get five dollars an hour because back in the whatever you know in the late seventies. I'm just seeing early.
0: Saving Forest Gump here. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. But the shrimp would be stacked ten feet high, and they'd have to shovel it into these baskets up above their head. You're in there 14 hours a day in the summer. Ugh. You might not smell real good when it's over. <laughs> and he said their friend Ricky would pick him up to take him to the bar, but he'd made him sit in the trunk. <laughs> 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 so they'd go to the bar. you got to be a real persuasive guy to come in there after 15 hours of shoveling shrimp and get some young lady to come home with you, don't you think? <laughs> what was
2: your... What was your connection, Pat, to LSU football when you were young? Didn't oh, you- when
1: I was a kid uh, in the late 50s, I, there was a a radio station down there that – they played Saturday nights. Nobody else played Saturday nights. And there was a radio station down there, like the big neighbor, that had the the you know the Clear Channel signal, and I started listening to them in like '57, and and I listened to them for three, four years, pretty faithfully. What was the they Billy
0: Cannon years? Yeah,
1: yeah. They won the national championship in '58, but what I recall about it is the din in the background. You know, you'd listen to a Gopher game and you'd hear some cheering, but at LSU it was like a constant din and you just knew that you know, there was only it only held fifty thousand then it holds eighty or ninety. I told you the story about the lieutenant colonel, didn't I? No. The lieutenant colonel, when he before he was a lieutenant colonel, he was a corporal or some damn thing. He went over he was stationed in Biloxi and he went over and met some L S U football fans on Friday night in, in on Bourbon Street. And they convinced him to go to the game the next day. So he, he went out of the game, and he got to the tailgate. And he had no recollection of what happened in the second half. And he woke up next to a pot of uh, of gumbo being cooked out in the middle of the bayou, some damn <laughs> <a> place. <laughs> he, he, he woke up there, and it turned out I was telling him about this town, you know, where this guy's from, LaRose, or says, yeah, he said, I was like three miles from there in Cutoff, (laughs) which is the hometown of Bobby Hebert, and these guys, he said, they partied all day, and then they drove him back to Biloxi at three o'clock in the morning or some damn thing and uh, they all slept in his little room down there. And that luckily he uh luckily he didn't get bounced out of the service then and uh is now near retirement.
0: But, we have uh, uh we have Ogeron and his mother here. Just a minute.
4: He just came away. <laughs> Come on, va, C'est bébé ici. C'est bien content
5: the
0: my son, mm.
1: they'll see how the Cajuns are really like—loving, mm. giving, hardworking people. That's all we know.
3: Not much. That's all I can find. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: that's uh, there's a few. Uh, uh, Coco has been overwhelmed, of course, with uh, the uh, requests from the uh, from the media. But uh, <laughs> wow, and it's uh, yeah, it's an amazing story. He was at uh, he was at Old Miss Joe, and from 2005 to 2008, mm-hmm. and he won what was it seven or eight games total. He was terrible, and he got fired. But he's in the Blind Side. He's one of the coaches. That they have coming to recruit uh, the Michael O'Hare, the 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 kid that's a featured attraction uh, in the Blind Side, and he'd already been fired at Ole Miss, but he agreed to come up and uh, tape the tape the in the into the movie to be put in the film. Speaking so. of Old Miss, we got
2: to go to an egg bowl now. That Leach is in.
1: Oh, Leach and Lane, Lane Kiffin, <laughs> this is heaven, man. Except, you know what, Leach. He was stuck up there in uh, Pullman, Washington, but he's got himself in the SEC West now. Cool. Good luck, buddy. Good luck, LSU and uh, Alabama and Auburn and you know, good luck. That's not exactly like playing in the in the Pac twelve North, that's for sure. How far is Baton Rouge from from New Orleans? Oh, I looked it up. It's a ways. It's a couple hours. I yeah. think it's it's a ways. Yeah, it's not it's not right next to, not not like not right next to it. That's for sure. But they, I was looking at the map, and they got like these three peninsulas that stick down into the Gulf, and uh, this one is that he grew up on is the middle one. But I was talking to Killer Anderson, and uh, that's that's their big hunting area down there. They they kill some ducks down there. Mm-hmm. Somehow this guy managed to grow up there. Doesn't fish, doesn't hunt, doesn't you know? He he basically just grew up working and drinking. (laughs) But uh, yeah, he's uh, it's it's if Hollywood was making a movie, they'd cast him, wouldn't they? As the LSU football coach, yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, I do have a funny I, – I don't have the audio for it because it doesn't really come through. I have the audio, but it doesn't really come through. It's another press conference, but uh, a big part of uh, his appeal, it says, is his connection with the community. It's part of what makes him so successful at LSU. <laughs> to the untrained ear, however, his speech patterns are difficult to parse. This was evident in the valiant efforts of the closed-captions people during Oregon's <laughs> press conference when they couldn't – they couldn't – they didn't understand what he was saying, so it was null and void. <laughs> <laughs> they just gave up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, – Yeah, I, I agree with Joe, though. I think he must have worked on his enunciation because I remember when he got a job a couple of years ago, and I'm saying, this guy needs closed caption, man. Well, that's it's essentially that... why USC didn't keep him. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, he went 6-2 were... out there with a bad team. But,
3: uh... Here he is in uh, 2016, his first
4: – it's a great day, in Tiger football It's a great day of my life, I promise you that. First of all, I want to thank Joe Oliva, King Alexander, and the Tiger family for having the confidence, and name me the head coach at LSU. This is a great day for us. I want to introduce my wonderful wife, Kelly. She is my head coach, and my son, Tyler. You, you guys please stand. Give him a hand there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I want to thank Coach Miles for bringing me here, and uh, it's a place that I always want to come. Coach Miles is a great man, as we all know, and he's taught me a lot of stuff. I've competed against him, and Coach Miles left the team in first class, and he walked out and he said, Ed, I support you. And uh, we gave him a standard ovation, and on we, uh, on we moved on. You know, coaching here at LSU, I grew up watching Ronnie Este and Arthur Cantrell and Charlie Mack coach, and watch Pete Jenkins coach, who, by the way, is going to be back here tomorrow, and uh, we're happy about that. And just watching the passion. And the energy in Tiger Stadium, and having been an opponent coming into the stadium, and understand the intimidation of the Tiger family.
0: You know, Fleck and is we'll just as, Fleck is just as much of a character, but for totally different reasons. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fleck
1: is, uh, and I, I, I got a hunch that Ed, Ed, I think I always get the impression PJ knows what he's going to say next. I think Ed probably not too sure, right? <laughs> I think I think he's just talking. Don't you?
0: You ever see the movie he's, The King's Speech? Oh, yeah. Well, I think Ed probably had a coach there. They're working on it. <laughs> yeah, they probably are.
1: That's true. I love that state, though. I just, because whenever I've been there, I mean, it's just filled with characters. And uh, great writing down there. Their sports writers have always been good. I got some friends who are sports writers, and they, but they have such a rich, rich things to call on, you know. I mean, everybody's... Uh, you know, every place they go, they're going to run into goofballs and characters. And, uh, I mean, you live down there, man. It's, uh, it's different. There's the town that he, uh, he ended up going to Northwestern State, which is up on the border over by Texas. And Nachi, Nachi jo- Doches, which is right next to, and on the Texas side, it's Naga Doches, which is, you know, uh, uh spelled the opposite. And it's, uh, at, at every place in that state is just, you got goofballs all over. Yeah, that's why.
0: You got to go home and help
1: the wife with cable TV? Oh, man, if I'm not there. The threats have been made. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's, uh, you know, I brought this up before, but she just doesn't like me as well as she used
0: to. Well, <laughs> they came to that
3: point, Pat. Yeah, that, I know. My I'm... question would be, did she even like you that much then?
1: You know, <laughs> I keep telling her. We, we had a pretty good run for about Whoa, three or four not years over. Hang on, <laughs> no, year. where Hang we on. got along no no i mean oh, for, okay for 20 years we battled right, right. yeah right now we had four five six years well, and weren't bad out. weren't bad but boy the last two or three my right yeah she's raised her standards for my behavior yeah. i want to tell
0: you <laughs>
1: and i haven't raised my behavior
2: that's the problem yeah. so you know I, what might you know what might help how about a little fondue a little fondue, <laughs> maybe. Yeah,
0: bring
3: her some fondue.
0: What time be in <laughs> Eating out
3: of the palm of your hand with fondue. Yeah, I don't even
1: know if they have that down here, do they? Yeah, like, I have but, no uh, idea.
3: You get a pot and you put Well, here's the problem, space. you know.
1: Here's the problem. <laughs> it's She's very upset about the TV, the way, you know, they came in and the whole complex put in. They put in a new provider. They got rid of Xfinity and brought in whatever this outfit is. Mm-hmm. And that was about four days ago, and it's been screwed up. So she's very upset about that. But when she gets home, she's going to have streaming instead of what she had previously. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work, yeah, it's all over. It's basically. done. done. I'll be living in that little shed outside yeah. uh, around the corner there. I'll be <laughs> moving into the shed.
3: Well, you know, you better have it done because the bachelor's on at eight o'clock your time tonight.
1: So she's not. Really... A, she's she's not into that. But she's
3: not. Okay. Only rookie is. Uh, only yeah, I'll,
1: oh, she, Only my if, family member. If though. she misses some housewives screaming at each other, she gets very upset.
3: Maybe that's what she's trying to be—a housewife of Golden Valley.
1: I keep telling her that I don't think this is this anger on the housewives is is spontaneous. I think it's scripted. And you think
0: there might be a producer party? I,
1: I think they might say, "Come on, tell her she's a B word or something." So <laughs> I don't hey, know. Hey, we anyway, should
0: mention—we should mention the Gophers beat Michigan. In uh,
1: yes, baseball. Daniel Otura. enjoy him while you can. He'll be in the lottery next year. He'll be top ten draft choice, don't you? Right, Raymond?
0: He is a—he is a beast.
1: And he's, he's good got player. good feet, and uh, he can shoot a little bit. And, uh, you know, if I was uh, playing the Gophers, I would double-team him at all times and uh, hope that the uh, outside he, shooters aren't making their shots.
2: He was a missed tip in, from them beating Purdue in overtime last week, too.
1: And Purdue uh, goes and gets 37 points against Illinois the next game. And then last night, was there, the day before, they held Michigan State to 42. Yeah. So uh, it's a weird uh weird what's going on in college hoops. Arturo
0: oh, hurt his shoulder yesterday, had to go into the locker room. They thought he was dead and never mm-hmm. going to see him again. And he came out and played again.
1: Yes, uh he was uh yeah, he's a stud, that's for sure. How did he get up? Did he did he grow up wanting to go to Creighton? there, uh, rook is that? His,
3: the only thing I know about him is I told Sophia if he does become a lottery pick, then you can call him back.
1: <laughs>
3: right oh. now, hold steady. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, well, he inquired once, and Sophia said, "I'm, I'm not. I'm not interested."
1: Don't uh, don't rush into that stuff. Let's make making. You know, you can marry for love, and you can marry for money, and money lasts a lot longer. That's
3: what I said. Don't do what no. Mom and I did. Marry for money first, love the second time.
1: The Twin Cities version of Confucius, Greg Wong. From, ladies <laughs> and
0: gentlemen. well,
1: you better go and fix that All problem. Right. All right, I'll let you know how how she came out. All okay, right. very good. All right, see
3: you. All right, all this talk about Cajun has got me talking about Jack's Cafe. Jack's Cafe online at jackscafe.com. Uh I would do yourself a favor and the Jack's annual Mardi Gras brunch is Sunday, February 23rd. Uh, you need to call for reservations, but some of the great stuff they have on the menu here is very Cajun, and I want you to experience that. So whether or not it's a Mardi Gras brunch or maybe it's just date night, pick up the rookie VIP date night menu, and you will get dinner for two, four-course meal, dessert included, and a bottle of wine. You'll get to see what the backyard, uh, the patio looks like. I don't know how they decorate it after the holidays. You'll find out, and you can report back to me. If you would like to maybe book a party. Your work party, or maybe your family party, or maybe your wedding. They can accommodate up to 300, and they do it with style. Great ambiance. Give them a buzz at Jack's Cafe. Go to JacksCafe.com, 612-789-7297. They're at nineteen twenty University Avenue Northeast right at 20th, and you will have a wonderful meal, wonderful ambiance, and you'll be telling others just like I am right now. It is JacksCafe.com, three generations of family, wonderfully run business. Don't forget to tell me you heard it on the Monday Night Sports Talk podcast. We'll catch you next time.
5: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard.